Hello and welcome back to the Let's Backflip show. I'm Ryan Fring, co-creative director and lord of the podcast here at Backflip. And yeah, I mean, I guess I'm not lord of the podcast at Backflip, but I just, I kind of am. I just self-titled, self-titled album. I love it. Anyway, we're hanging out with Ryan Dembrowski today on the podcast. And we know Ryan from all the way back in our film school days in the early 2000s. And it was so much fun to catch up and hear what he's doing. He's doing some really awesome, rad things in Milwaukee. Uh, He's a producer, a pilot, a filmmaker, and YouTuber. Uh, Does a little bit of everything. And it's awesome uh, to see his growth and and where he's come and where we've all kind of come. I also starred in a music video back in the day in my acapella group, Redefined. Uh, I believe it was directed by, maybe edited by by Ryan as well, which was super, super fun. So this is a good one. If you haven't already, please do hit that button, like, subscribe, do all the things. And if you don't mind giving us a review, we would highly appreciate that as it helps other people find the podcast. And you can let us know other things you want us to talk about or other people you'd like us to interview. So take a look at letsbackflip.com. Let us know more. And that's what we got. Without further ado, this is episode 53 with Ryan Dembrowski. Hello and welcome back to another happy hour. I'm Ryan Frank, creative director here at Backflip. And joining me as always, click, click, is my boy, John Shoemaker. Say hey, John. Hello, John. How's it going? I see you've got your Christmas shirt on today. It's going great. Well, actually, this one, I don't know. This one's got a lot. There's those hearts (laughs) down here. Ah, it is thematic. So, yeah, so I don't know. I was it was cold. I was looking for a sweatshirt, and there's not a lot of opportunities to wear this one. Yeah, and you you obviously can hit different. Uh, I mean, you could probably do Easter too. So I think you've so. got three different holidays with that shirt. So awesome. Um, enough about that. Let's get our guest in here. We're super excited to bring on our pal. Ryan, uh, and I want to say Dembrowski, but I, I, I every time I spell it, I'm like, it's Dembrowski, like bro. Well, <laughs> it's pronounced Dembrowski. Yeah. We lost the W on Ellis <laughs> Island. It just got vaporized. But Just just to uh, hide your nationality? You're not Polish? Yeah. Yeah, we just <laughs> got rid of that one W. So, you know, Dembro, though, like, uh, there's a lot of Ryans in, in the Milwaukee production community where I'm based, and so... Dembro is appropriate, so that would Dembroski works. Yeah, no, I like it, Dembro. And it, I mean, you're you're not a bro. You're a filmmaker. You're a what did I have on here? Producer, filmmaker, pilot, YouTuber. Just I started yeah. listening to some of your YouTube stuff too, and I am not particularly into piloting, but I love listening to you and like you go on oh, these thanks. adventures. Um, so that's that's definitely been fun over the last week as I've been doing that, but. For those who don't know you, can uh, can you maybe give us an introduction? Ooh, uh, yeah. I mean, the short, very short version is: I mean, I'm Ryan Dombrowski, and I'm uh, currently a freelance uh, executive producer. Is that a thing? I'm a, I, I, right now. Let's full be honest. Stack. It's You're a full stack producer. Yeah. Yeah, I'll do all of it. No, uh, right now it's it, it's COVID, it's production, and uh, mm-hmm. you know COVID got me loose from my uh, my big time agency job. So right now it's a port in any storm or any port in a storm. So I'm doing everything <laughs> right now. But yeah. yeah, basically a producer. I'm a producer. We went to college together. We're going to talk about that. I know that's so cool. I think um, who was it? We were talking to um, Mike uh, Mike Mike Graff, Michael Graff. And yes. we're like, 
who would be cool to talk to that you know that you think it'd be fun for us to talk to? And he had one other name that I didn't know, and then your name came up, and I was I was super stoked. Uh, you know, we probably haven't talked in a long time, but it just just a, to kind of circle you. back together, yeah, no, likewise, just to circle back together uh, after so long, I, I'm I'm excited for this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the cool thing about it, right? And maybe I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit, but like we all had this like mutual experience at UW, and. Uh, I think we've relatively, like, you know, like you and I could have done a better job of staying in contact, but oh, I think yeah. in general, like we've all kind of kept tabs on each other. Right. Mm -hmm. And so to watch all these paths diverge and then kind of all come back or reconvene and see mm -hmm. what we've all kind of done. I think everyone's been pretty successful, which is cool. Um, I think in the, I think in your younger days, you know, you're keeping tabs, just trying to make sure that nobody's getting too far ahead of where you are. And then later, when you gain some confidence, you're like, okay, we can talk to each other again. <laughs> there is that comp there's that competitive thing mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I definitely felt, I definitely felt, uh, uh, I've been uh, doing a lot of work with, I don't know if you remember, uh, her name's Lynn Fraser, but Lynn Wisniewski was in uh, film school with us as well. And uh, we did not hang out very much in film school partially because i was like competitive with her i was like oh she's good oh, i don't want to nice. be on it i don't want to work <laughs> with her and now we're working together a lot in milwaukee which we can talk about more as we as we chat but uh and she's a delight and we're like perfect uh perfect for each other in terms of like collaborators and i was like man what a stupid thing that was <laughs> she's like a really good friend now and we yeah. like totally tear it up professionally together and like you know, back in school, it's like, I don't like that, Lynn. She's too good. Yeah. Yeah. Her ideas are too good. I, 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 John, John may not be able to uh, commiserate, but I feel like I probably had issue with ego and in not even like I'm the best, but like, no, I don't want you to succeed because I want me to succeed. You know, right. If there's going to be one of us. It's going to be me, you know, uh, not not thinking very well that, no, it should be all of us. And if we work together, it could be all of us. <laughs> that well, but right. the, uh, we have the teachers to blame for that, or the system. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, like that's the system. True. When they set things on the bell curve, that's just a, a recipe. Right. Or they're like, well, if somebody else succeeds, it means that you're going to do worse. There's no room for more than one person succeeding here. That, that's true, and and uh, yeah, and then separately. The other thing I think that's happening now is there's not like no one's competing for a time slot anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, I think when we were all in school, it's like, oh, like only I, you know, if I want to, you want to like be super successful, like for me, it was like television or a movie. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, you know, it, all that stuff happens in like these, it's all competitive. Well, now it's like, you know, we're going to talk about YouTube later. Mm -hmm. Like there's no time slot. I don't know, like, watch someone else's thing, then watch my thing. I don't care. Like, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. So. Yeah. Well, and to that point, there's it's not like there's uh, limited resources in the same way. Um, and kind of like right. you're saying, like we could we could just go make a TV show and be like, all right, how do we shop this around? You know, how do we get this? If we right. make a pilot, how do we get it made? Um, or if we can produce it locally, like where do we want to go? Do we think we can go somewhere right. with it instead of like, you know, and, and this is us being in the Midwest. And I think at this point we're not 
we don't have to justify it anymore. Like, you know, why didn't yes. you go to LA? Why didn't you go to LA? Um, you know, for me and John, we started the business and we both started families out here. And that's a lot of, that's a lot of momentum on something. And we're like, well, you know, this is working, so we're not going to go out there. But we do have contacts and we know lots of people who go out there and put their time in and get to where they want to be. And that's been fantastic. And I'm so happy that people have done that. Uh, but now I feel like after, you know, since 2008, kind of democratization of filmmaking and creative right. with, with the 5D Mark II, um, we've really seen that, you know, you could be almost anywhere. Uh, we can create great content anywhere. And yeah, now you're seeing people leave LA for, for various reasons as well. Yeah, I mean, I was seeing that. I uh, there's a so after after uh, Madison, right? I, I went to uh, did a couple feature things, and then as you know, it's like a PA, right? Mm -hmm. And then went to Milwaukee. Was like splitting time, and the Milwaukee production community just kind of like accepted me and brought me in. And and I remember, uh, you know, at that time, like we we're sh still shooting on. 35 millimeter on TV commercials. Like it was still like, it's like, like more like Hollywood, like old school. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I remember being, I had started working for a commercial production company called purple onion hmm. uh, and purple onion. Uh, there's a guy there, man, just like, it's just names that no one maybe knows as they watch this, but there was a, there's a producer that you guys should have him on. Uh, Andy Gorzalski okay. was a producer that was there and he had just come from, being in LA managing uh, one of the animation houses that had worked on Spider-Man. Oh, wow. And, and so he's like, he's like doing this amazing, like 3d animation stuff, managing the, I think it was ring of fire is the name of the company that he was at. Hmm. Like, so he's doing that. And then he was like, you know what? Like back home. And I don't, I want to speak, for, I don't want to tell his story because I don't know the decisions in that. But for hmm. me, it was really validating at the, in the moment. Cause I was like, well, I should go to LA. Right. And we, and you, maybe you go to LA visit, you know, we've got a lot of alums that are mm -hmm. out there like tearing it up. And of course they're like, come out. It's amazing. It's amazing. Right, but right. then to be there, like, you know, working on, on commercial sets here in Milwaukee, cost of living is lower, all that. And to have someone who's like really succeeding, uh, out there come here and like reestablish roots here mm -hmm. was like very, I needed that. I don't know. I don't know if Andy knows that. I was like, oh, that's good. I'll stay. I'll stay here. Thanks, Andy. I'm well, sorry, everybody else. <laughs> kinda, we've had this, this kind of conversation a few different times about, you know, the, the differences of people we know who went out to L.A. Um, there's a just a real quick, I'll shorten the story to very, very short, you know, example of an editor I worked under who compared himself to another classmate who went out to L.A., that mm -hmm. they both worked, you know, 10 years in the industry. The friend was still doing a lot of like lower level assisting stuff. And then this guy, you know, working in the Midwest had edited some national Hyundai spots and some, some other, you know, bigger things. And he was just kind of comparing the fact that like, he's like, my trajectory may not end, end up as high or may not have like those potential, you know, things, but my... Sure. My short term, you know, I'm still able to do a lot of great stuff. But I was thinking beyond that storyline that I wonder if it's not like we talk a lot of, about it in film and video production, but 
I mean, it's probably true in many different industries. Mm -hmm. There's just a difference between it's, it's like you need to choose where you want to live your life, potentially raise your family, be around friends or whatever. Um, And because, and in that you're making decisions about the market that you are choosing to work in, you know, so whether you're in, you know, production, film production, or that, I mean, that's probably true in like software development, you know, you could go out different places that that would be better. Um, you know, financial stuff. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know what other people do for work apparently. Mm -hmm. (laughs) <laughs> what other industries are there <clears throat> besides this one? Well, and now, you know, just being positioned uh, remote and technologically sound um, for production and for, so our agency, we do digital and web and other stuff too. But, sure. you know, March hit and production went down because people couldn't go together. But we had all that um, other stuff to lean back on and do the editing. Uh, and we're in the Midwest, you know. I know people who who struggled all over the country with that, and people who left, you know, California or New York for various reasons, and have come home and are still continuing to do their awesome, great jobs because remote is such a, it's I don't know, it's just a cultural thing now. Um, and so I think you'll find that more and more. And you know, you like to say we're ahead of the curve, but you know, it's just a lot of circumstances as well that kind of bring yeah. us uh, to where we are. And um, yeah, I mean, we'll just do awesome things wherever we go. It doesn't really matter. <laughs> Dude, I, I totally agree. And I, I think, you know, obviously COVID without like, and I don't know if this is the, int- if this is the intended conversation arc, but uh, what just occurred to me was, we can you go know, anywhere. <laughs> oh, I like it. I like the, uh, I like the opportunity here. So, yeah. I mean, the other thing I'm noticing on here is I'm a little short here. Let me, <laughs> gotta be a little higher. Like no, my head is like. It's a power move. That, yeah. <laughs> is that better? Yeah. No, that's a little bit. That's really that, good. No, you're great. Uh, <laughs> so, sorry. So we're talking about COVID. So you know, it's interesting. And I, I, I think, uh, I don't know. They don't. They fired me. So I guess I don't care what they think if I if I tell the story. <laughs> so you know, I just a really quick overview. Like went on to did a you know was peeing became a production coordinator producer whatever Milwaukee did the whole uh, worked at a documentary production company for a while called about face media doing like stuff for brands was there for 10 years and then uh, went to BVK big mm-hmm. ad agency in Milwaukee. They're like one of the top hundred ad agencies in terms of size and billings and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Amazing people to work with tons of just like super like a class work, right? Like doing work that would there that would, you know, be like, uh, I never got to work on it, but one of the producers there was doing stuff for Wyoming and I, she'd be gone for three weeks in the mountains. And I, you know, she'd send a text and it's like a picture of her with like a helicopter with like, <laughs> you know, the Cineflex on the front or whatever. And I'm like, well, that's, yeah, we're like, we're like doing real stuff here. Right. That's legit. So, so, <laughs> so yeah. Um, she said she hated helicopter shoots, by the way. And I was like, how is that possible? I guess it's <laughs> yeah. just because the money is like just evaporating, right? Sure, um, sure. Every creative director is sitting there and like debating about the frame. And you're like, okay, but like literally every minute is like a thousand dollars. Like, <laughs> let's make a decision. <laughs> Sorry. Anyway, so uh, I'll just flex for her uh, on that. 
so anyway, like COVID happens, right? And you saw this really interesting thing happen where uh, all the, there were nine producers, nine depending on how you count it, like nine producers there. Sure. Uh, some people were editing, some people were like shooting too. And this huge production team managing all this production. And we all went from shooting all the time to now animating, editing, like repurposing footage, whatever. Right, right, right. And then after that, right, we get a little bit further in the pandemic. It's like, well, now how can we shoot appropriately or safely? Mm-hmm. So it was like we were, you know, doing things like this where we'd have like people, you know, we did a shoot for a client on us on a soundstage and we were able to do it you know, safely where people were distanced and masked and tested and all that stuff. And then the whole creative team at the agency sat at their dining room tables, mm-hmm. like zooming in and, and watching, you know, camera feeds and stuff. And it was super meaningful and, and we were able to still do it. My uh, kind of like takeaway then, and I think this is what you, this is what you said earlier is what made me think of this, that, that maybe shouldn't change. Right. Like, like as an agency producer, the amount of money I was putting into flying all the people there, Mm -hmm. uh, hotel stays, their time, right. Does he have to build their time just sitting on a plane, right? All Mm -hmm. that stuff, all that money suddenly could go to one benefiting the agency's bottom line and making them slightly more profitable, but two could be redirected into a more valuable product for the the agency. Right. So like, it was like, well now instead of having a, you know, a, hundred thousand dollar budget for this shoot. We have a $120,000 budget because these eight people don't need to go Mm. and sit there. Mm -hmm. So I think that part of what you're saying about us being able to like go anywhere, work from anywhere, even in production, right? There's always that like one moment where we at least need some people to be there in person. Right. Um, There's a, there's benefit there that maybe should, maybe, I mean, I'm excited to, have people out on set and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think separately now we know more about COVID and the virus. And then, you know, I was on, a, I was on set uh, for a couple of weeks. I can't say for what uh, doing location managing, like I said, any port in the storm and mm-hmm. uh, really enjoyed it. But you know, that's that crew is like finger prick blood tests every morning to make sure we were all safe. So like there's ways to do it, but I think separately we shouldn't forget all the like, uh, if we if we need a silver lining to this, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. We shouldn't forget all the things that we learned and innovated in ways that we kept the doors open, mm-hmm. because those are ways we can still do things after this is done mm-hmm. and be more efficient with our dollars, shoot cooler spots, whatever. Sorry, that right, was a right, huge right, right. soapbox. Yeah, yeah. You, but anyway, sorry. <laughs> this is what we're I here for. Cool we're giving you the digital soapbox uh, and to hang out. Mm. Um, before I reply, Be though, uh, I did want to reiterate, this is a happy hour, so we want you to bring something enjoyable to drink. I know that you had mentioned that you were cooking something up. Uh, if you want to go and grab that, I can. we can go through what we're drinking. Wait, so you're drinking like real things. Oh, we're drinking real things. Yeah, man, this oh, is some sure. tequila. <laughs> okay, well, maybe... I can hear you. Let's do this. It'll be really great television. Like <laughs> I will disappear yeah. from my basement and I'll go get like something and I'll, but I'll listen. I won't Perfect. be able to reply because the mic is right here, but I'll listen to whatever and I'll come back. We'll, we'll time me. Ready? This will be go. great. And All right, right here we go. All right. Go. I do have a watch. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. We'll see how long this takes. 
Uh, he's going to show up like in the background of each of our videos. <laughs> yes, he, he just ran from Milwaukee. It's amazing. All right, what do you got? What are you drinking, John? Okay, I well, I haven't started drinking it yet, but I just went Snowdrift Porter Lining Kugels. That's a tasty um, one. It's, uh, it just felt like that kind of day. See, I'm, I'm wearing a sweater, <laughs> uh, sweatshirt, yeah. and it's like minus something outside. Well, maybe it's it's three. And uh, <laughs> Snowdrift Porter, I was like, yeah, that's the one. Yeah, that's, that's super thematic. Um, I do like that one, too. There's a couple Lineys that I don't like, but Liney continues to surprise me even after their huge success, their, their sellout or, you know, like I think they still yeah. make really good beer. And that's one the of those vanilla, that, that I really enjoy during winter. A, vanilla can get a little too sweet. I mean, it's good for one. It's not great for. Yeah. Two. Well, it's kind of like the carbon four, uh, Poco Loco, the horchata, like it's super flavorful, super good. I can't drink more than a little bit, you know, more than one. So. I oh, grabbed did, a snack, too. I, I was going to say, we only made it through one. That was pretty great. I went really fast. I poured fast, though, and it's like, now I have too much. That's like nice. way too much bourbon for noon. Yeah. But what do you got anyway. there? Why don't you share? Just a little bullet. Ooh, yeah. You know? Yeah, that's a good staple. It's a classic. We had uh, we were with a client on a shoot one time, and we were able to, it was half, half price night, so we got a Pappy Van Winkle. Um, and we all shared it. It was one drink and we all shared it. And, uh, then we compared That's it to never happening again. We compared it. Yeah. We compared it to bullet and, uh, decided it was not worth 20 times the cost. Mm. Yeah. It was well, fun this, though. This was a, this was a Costco purchase. Mm. Like it was like, it's literally like, I don't know, as big as the screen. <laughs> <laughs> yes. He's been working on it for months. Yeah. The so. best part about that too is like Costco has those those brands and yeah. uh, also they just have their own brand of liquor and we have some of that as well. <laughs> There's also something just really funny about getting anything that's super huge <laughs> because yeah. there's, you, right. you, just, you feel like you have to explain it. I, I guess they're probably used to it at Costco because everything is like that, but yeah. you can't go through the checkout without being like, uh, this it's is, not all for me. This is for a while. It's going to take, this is for for half a year. It's not a... Yeah, yeah it's like, I'm okay, having a okay. Party. we'll see you next week. <laughs> Everything, I'm fine. I'm feeling fine. <laughs> they're doing like, they're checking in with you at the... How is the pandemic being, is it hard for you right now? Yeah, a oh little. <laughs> but I'm fine. I'm can totally you imagine? Fine. Can you imagine if they actually ask that question to people? The lines would take forever. Yeah. <laughs> no. Like Do you see what's in my cart? I'm not fine. I'm I'm yeah. battening down the hatches. <laughs> I got this three gallons of bourbon, and then also like uh you know pallet of Twinkies. Paper. Yeah. Yeah, and a pallet of yeah. toilet paper. I'm but just gonna one. be I'm just gonna be pooping and drinking bourbon. That's all. That's that's the most important thing. If I can do those, we'll survive. <laughs> I'm going to drink all this bourbon until I poop. <laughs> It'll be fast. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
So uh, man, this is devolving quickly. No, this is this is my favorite. If we could just stay devolved, that would be great. Um, this is well. This also reminds me a lot of our conversations in film school. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's almost though, and you you would know this too. Even though you know this silliness, this nonsense is kind of what can drive creativity. But uh, mm-hmm. let's let's be careful because we get paid to work, and I went to Milwaukee for a year and I know several people who went to Milwaukee and they have the same stories like the people who excelled in the programs Mm -hmm. got good grades in the programs were those who were rolling around on the ground licking their cat and holding the camera Um, what did Jordan's story of one of his classmates what was it it was like poop on celluloid or something I don't know something not very cerebral I don't remember that just very experimental. Um, I yeah. remember being. I remember being in like the final film class, and being like, "I really want to like go out with a bang." And then you're you're like, you're trying to like one up. There's like this one up to go back. We we're talking about before this one upsmanship yeah. about like how extreme can I make the movie? Oh, you know what I should do is I should I should have someone get stabbed, and that'll make someone really sad, and then she'll try to kill herself, but someone will find him, but, but then he or finds her, and then they punch, he punches somebody, like, you know, it just gets, like, <laughs> super, like, cliche yeah. student film. But also, it's like, this so, has never been done before. <laughs> yeah, no one's ever yeah. made a movie about a sad and, girl. And to be clear, uh, these two stories that I was mentioning are from UW-Milwaukee. Oh, where it's an experimental film school. And so I had several classes there. Uh, I was Mm -hmm. always trying to come to Madison, but there's there's actually a a freeze. And so they're like, you can come in next semester, just not now. And I was like, well, Mm -hmm. I'll just do a year in Milwaukee. But I got out of there because I was like, no, I want to get paid to do this stuff. I don't want to do this stuff and yeah. just sit in my basement. I mean, I'm sitting in my basement just uh I am also screwing in case no around. one noticed. <laughs> yeah, I know. It looked really cool and then you left and then it looked very murdery. Like this is where the <laughs> yeah, murders there's, happen. There's like, a, there's like <laughs> all the tools. Like there's like Yeah. There's a glow. Oh, it's hard to do this. Like look at the screen. Uh, it's back. Nope. Nope. I can't there there's a globe. There this is really hard. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, this is, yeah, here, this is the creepiest thing. I don't know, I even know how that got there. <laughs> like, like that. You're like, look at that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because you put like a wig on it. I had like a luchador mask on it for in my office. I, I'm going to be honest, we had, you're like, not making it better. No, it's super scary. <laughs> so, anyway. This is where I put the faces. <laughs> Ryan um, Dombrowski, professional producer. Why did they let you go during COVID, Ryan? Yeah. Was it because <laughs> you were putting you're too murdery? Yeah, anyway. the clients were like, is that a face in that jar? Like, no, no that's no. a luchador mask. And then this I see is- that you actually you moved it out of the shot. Like you didn't put it back in the shot, you moved it out. I didn't mean for it to be there. No, so this is my background for my YouTube show. Yeah. And I did not mean for it to be back there. I don't know how it got there. So, That's awesome. So I wonder my wife, I think my wife like goes and puts stuff back there to see if I like <laughs> notice. You know, and the funny thing too is I've, I've watched several of your shows and I, uh, well, I think the when you're traveling, those are the most fun and out and about. Um, but the ones that I watched where you're, you know, podcasting like this, I did not notice the background at all. I was like, oh, that looks really, really great. 
You know, that's that's a really great looking yeah. setup. I love the, you know, depth of field and the lighting and it looks really great. I did clearly did not inspect the background. We've always talked to clients about, yeah, when you're do, kind of doing documentary and you've got some cell phone video or whatever, um, you know, that's that's valuable because it's what you have. You know, you have right. an event uh, taking place and you've got some footage of it and that event's not going to be recreated. So that's acceptable. The viewer will accept that. I agree. Similar, uh, similar, similarly, in this environment, uh, people are accepting of the glitchy internet streamed video. I sure hope so. <laughs> everybody's, you know, at home and they're just trying to do the best they can streaming into the news or the, you know, whatever programs. Um, and, and there's a, it's acceptable. When we come out of this, that would be the thing, maybe more so than like Zoom meetings and things like that, would be, can production justify that? Or is right. it like, you know, we got to get back to, you know, like the viewers, like, why are we doing this? We like, there's no reason that you had to do that. Um, discuss. <laughs> No, no. So here, sorry, I just got it posted. So, I mean, I think there was this moment like early COVID where my like brand new car that I had bought just before things Ooh. popped off. Is it still good? Are we good? Yeah. No, I was just saying like you yeah. bought a car right before COVID. That's yeah. Oh yeah. That's no, like I should have bought it afterwards. Yeah. I should have bought it at like, uh, bought a, bought a new Vol a Volkswagen station wagon, like hashtag dad wagon. Right. Um, <laughs> And there was an issue, like there was an issue with it at delivery, and that was a small issue. And I brought it in, and uh, we're sitting in the, you know, in the waiting room, and everyone's—I uh, don't know if it was masks yet. I don't know if anyone was wearing masks, but like this woman's like coughing in the corner, and I'm like, I'm gonna kill you. Like if COVID doesn't kill you, I'm gonna. <laughs> like it was just super. Uh, that was really dark. Um, so, so it was a like scary it was, time. Yeah, it was. Yeah. It was just a scary time, right? And. Uh, you know, I'm sitting in the waiting room, like trying to stay away from everybody, not touch anything because we didn't know about surface cleaning and stuff like that. And uh, they had like, it's not Regis anymore. It's uh, Kathy it Lee? Kelly. And, oh, you, she's not her anymore. It's uh, Kelly and Ryan Seacrest. Right. Yeah. Isn't that? I don't know. That Regis and Kathy Lee became Regis and kelly right is that real and then yes yep yep we just retired and i was like kelly and ryan or whatever so that was on and they were doing like literally the audio was from their airpods and then they were on zoom and like she's she's sitting there talking about how she's like in a closet because that's the only place that she could get strong enough internet in her like giant celebrity house to to pull the stream and i was like oh like if that if this is literally like this yeah this changed it like our honor i mean as a doc as a fellow documentarian right, i spent a lot of time in that like that stuff also is what people connect to more like we would always i would be in meetings pitching to clients and say like, hey like we're not going to bring in like almost any lights we're going to do this all handheld one you're going to see massive cost savings because we don't mm -hmm. have a crew or a big crew but then two like when you want, you know, when you watch the stats on YouTube, wherever you check the audience retention, like people are going to stay because mm -hmm. they are more engaged. I mean, obviously there's more to it than that, right? You know, if they're good storytelling, you have to, you know, there's a lot more to it than that. But like 
the more organic we make it feel, the more um, real or truthful or honest it feels, the more engaged people are going to be with that content. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I think it'll be interesting to see, you know, in the YouTube channel stuff, I've had, uh, I had that conversation with, uh, someone who was watching this show and, and I was saying, you know, like I'm a professional producer. So like, I feel the pressure to record this stuff in 4k and like yeah. make it look really pretty. And he was like, don't don't, cause I don't, I will not watch anymore. Cause it, what's <clears> good <throat> about it is that it's not that. It's like I can turn on the TV and get that, right? And I thought that was an interesting perspective I hadn't considered before, right? That, yeah. like, that those things, right? Like, I mean, vertical video even, right? Like, think about how maligned vertical video was mm-hmm. five years ago. And now it's like, well, one, every platform, you kind of have to do it. But two, like, now it's, like, part of the, um, it's part of how we experience the world right. now. Right. seeing all this vertical video that people shoot. And so it feels more authentic and real and approachable for us as like marketers to leverage that sometimes. Mm-hmm. He said, Nick, as his film degree burns in its <laughs> frame. Well, right? but like, I don't know. Yeah. It's just, yeah, yeah, no, I think, I think what you're getting at too is a really important idea. And certainly the craft of filmmaking is very, very important. Um, mm-hmm. However, Things need to work. Like if you're watching at home, you just saw Ryan's uh, video get really small on my screen. There we go. I'll fix that. Um, <clears throat> and it'd be nice if that, you know, that was just working and our live stream before, which all I did was stop streaming and start streaming again, you know, for about five or 10 minutes, things were just breaking and I stopped and restarted and now it's working again. Um, I think I kind of the, if you turn it off and turn it on again. Yeah. Did you, did you restart three times? Um, and like I, like I joked before with, you know, the kind of just the knowledge between the three of us, uh, I'm amazed that anyone gets anything done. You know, I think that speaks to ingenuity (laughs) and, uh, not that we're genius, but this is what we do. Um, we, we even have issues and I would say back to that idea of that craft and you were talking about like 4k and somebody doesn't want that. You know, and what they really want is they really want good story. And that that's kind of a return to that idea of a refocusing on on story and good content and not necessarily, you know, all the glitz and glam because some of the glitz and glam feels fake, you know, and not real. And so hopefully uh, and I do see that we have some people who retained uh, or jumped on the new stream. Thank you for doing that. Um, Despite the technical uh, difficulties. People want good content. They want to hear from Ryan. They want to hear us grill you and ask crazy questions and devolve and, you know, all the silliness. Yeah. And I see, I see in the chat uh, up here, like Terry Burmester said it's Kelly and Ryan. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Terry, Terry is like, she's a legend uh, in Milwaukee production as a, a producer. Uh, we worked together at BVK. Um, and so, yeah, like separately, Terry, thank you. Like we worked together for three years and I learned so much from her. Um, so just, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't talked to you in a while, Terry. So I want to shout out to Terry. Thank you. Yeah. Shout out Terry. Boom. Seriously. <laughs> uh, a, a total legend in the community here. Um, just the stuff that she's pulled together, the war stories that she has, you guys should have her on the show. Yeah. 
I'm not writing this down because I can barely keep the stream going. Uh, so you'll have you're to make sure like you send me this. You're literally cables together. <laughs> yeah. You're like duct taping Ethernet together. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so for anyway. Moment, yeah, for a moment there, he was on the outside of the ship, like plugging one thing yeah. into another thing. That's yeah, cool. right. And the best part is like, you know, we do this professionally as well. And I do some more complicated things sometimes for us. But with our with our clients you know i've never had a streaming problem i've never had like a video glitch like this you know we have normal things like somebody's skype interview cuts out or whatever right um, yeah yeah but it's it's so funny like you know on the like my computer is the best hardware for this like that the stream just gave up you know i tested my my speed it was great um you guys could still hear and see me to some extent and just stopped and restart and you know yeah now it's like people now i can it. like look at yeah um That's a lot bill gates <laughs> just assume it's that, uh, it's that vaccine chip it's yeah. interfering <laughs> all the people with the vaccine chip. yeah well it's my i i snuck in ahead of the line and i my uh the microchip yeah for my vaccine is messing with it i i just saw <laughs> carolyn ask a question yeah. she says as a milwaukee native i need to know ryan's position on which milwaukee frozen custard is the best and why is it gillies <laughs> gillies is fine i like it uh cops i mean cops is kind of mm-hmm. like the thing you know you go to cops and actually bvk is just up the road from cops so i i went there for lunch that's i I was pretty hefty at the end of my career there, <laughs> thanks to cops. Um, but I'm going to flex and say, actually, what you need to do, and I, I don't know nothing about this place anymore. That's under new ownership. My dad started a custard shop uh, in Waterford, Wisconsin, called nice. Uncle Harry's. My dad is Harry. Uh, That'd be great if his like, name was like, just Tom. And he's like, no, right. it's Uncle Harry's. Who's Harry? Um, I don't know. Uh, everyone loves cops because they think they need to. Yeah. I mean, I guess go to uncle Harry's in Waterford, Wisconsin. It's a, it's on like the fourth owners. I have no idea if it's any good anymore, but you'll see my dad, my dad is still the trademark. Like he's the sign, like it's a, it's his face. And so you can go see my dad. I used to go in there and be like, you know, my dad started this place. Is that good for free ice cream? And they'd be like, no, no, you can't (laughs) have any, but, uh, go there. And then also my grandfather, real quick. uh, I think you got to sell it. I think you got to sell it better. You're like, I'm little Harry, huh? Ice cream. Uh, That could be. (laughs) Yeah. So, and then my grandpa had a place in Racine, Wisconsin called old Dutch, uh, custard. So we had like, we were like a custard family for a while. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have like, I have memories of like, uh, actually it goes so deep. Uh, there's a machine. <laughs> I shouldn't say this because of those poor new owners. There's a machine in the back of that that uh, ice cream shop and pulled my older brother's finger off. Oh my god! So that's terrible. So like we have real blood. We have blood, uh, blood, sweat, and tears in the custard in the ice cream industry. Yeah, somebody got some no. uh, some some special custard that day. I think they literally. I don't know if this is true, but I'd like to believe it is that when they rushed him to the hospital the police officer that like was left to like find the finger just found it in the tub of ice cream and just took that to the ER. I don't know if that's true. I hope that's yeah. what happened. I, we've never, I, do, I don't know how I don't know that part of the story. We I know could, all I the mean, we could write details. this right now. So, you know, that happens mm-hmm. and you're like, ah, cut to, um, uh, whoever the first responder or whatever, maybe it's a police officer, uh, is there and they're eating ice cream outside the door or custard. 
yeah 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 and then it's just like it like is slowly revealed <laughs> he's like, like the, the we could go many like different revealed. ways depending he's, on genre he's like <laughs> he's standing there and he's yelling at some kid drop the ice cream you know they're like trying to yeah yeah yeah, yeah. don't put that in your mouth uh anyway glad i could give that little carolyn says that's amazing uh, milwaukee so real quick with custard too i mean it's culver's stick um what mm -hmm. do you think of culver's mm -hmm. ice cream or custard I, I'm a huge fan. I mean, Culver's, yeah. I dig it. I mean, I, like, stuff. your family's obviously the experts, so. No, I mean, uh, <laughs> I think no, when I remember, <laughs> I remember when I was, like, I don't know, middle school, maybe? Maybe early high school. Like, the first Culver's restaurant started showing up mm -hmm. near our home. And my dad was like, let's go try this stuff out. Let's see if it's any good. And, um, and we went and he was impressed with the quality. Mm. But in that time, oh, I shouldn't I should even say this because they'll never let me, they'll never work with me. Uh, they weren't, <laughs> that particular franchise was not doing a good job of cleaning the like custard machine. Ah. And my dad very quickly pointed it out. He was like, hey. I used to own this custard shop down the road. Like that's, that's super gross. And they, re they remedied it. And I mean, I've never gotten sick eating at a Culver's, but that I that's like a thing that sticks out with my dad being like, we're going to go check this stuff. And then him being like, oh, it's not too bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, Except so he's anyway. like, he's a savant. So he's like, yeah, this part right here, this tastes like two day old. That's not good. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> we are right. custard. We are custard folk. We come from a long line of, Custard. Custards. Yeah. Putting Custards. eggs, <laughs> putting lots of eggs into our ice cream. Yeah. Yeah. When there yeah, was for a sure. potato shortage. I don't know. Um, I don't know either. All right. So you do still have other parts in your name that we haven't talked about that I think yeah. would be really interesting. Um, pilot. So we talked a little bit about producer. Um, we haven't really talked about filmmaker. We did. Um, did we shoot? Did you shoot? the uh redefined that like music video with us i'm trying to think of like projects that we might have worked on and i think you you helped out with something because i think at the time you were like paul's roommate paul wagner oh yeah the car wash car thing? wash yes yeah we oh did that my gosh together. yeah i remember that that was so great and yeah, we were I so cheesy with, i can't oh i can't <laughs> remember her name though like one of the lead singers of that like she long black curly hair amy uh, we worked at was it Amy? We worked at, uh, uh, she introduced me to the band Muse. I remember she gave me, she's like, here's like, oh, remember nice. CDs? She's like, here, I made yeah. you like a mixtape. Um, she <laughs> and I worked work at, at like Falvo's? this call center. Oh, okay. No, we worked at like MCI, like doing like, uh, it's actually a cool job. It was like TTY stuff for like deaf and hard of hearing people, but it ended mm -hmm. up being mostly like fraud calls from Nigeria. Uh, but we worked there and then I remember she's like, oh, we were doing the car wash thing. Yeah, we did that. Um, so, I mean, the producer, uh, producer, filmmaker, I mean, I had the privilege of working on a couple or like adjacent to and then helping out on uh, at About Face. So About Face Media was, this is like, I always get weird telling you, so I feel like I'm just like name dropping. Uh, Barry Polterman was my boss there. He edited American Movie. Um, and so he makes documentary, like now he's, now he's got a company, a new company called The September Club. And he's making documentary films for Netflix, Hulu, all these things. Um, Very cool. And so, you know, 
I would be there working on like a video for Kmart or a video for Johnson Controls or a video for, we actually did a video for Tesla really early on. Um, and that side note, funny story. Uh, it's like this new electric car company. They want a video. Uh, they didn't want to pay for it. And all the directors we worked with were like, I'm not doing that for free. And I was like, I will. So I actually directed for Tesla pre Elon Musk. Did you get options or shares? No, I think it was anything, but like, (laughs) I have this, I've, it's funny, like on my reel, I can literally say like I directed a, a documentary, nice. a little like two to three minutes short for Tesla. Yeah. But, um, so like I'm doing all that and then he's Barry's off making movies, right? He's like, he did a thing with Charles and Riley. He's mm-hmm. like working with Chris Smith on uh, a movie called the pool early on, like all these movies are happening. And so I was able to like learn a lot from those guys watching them. Uh, you know, you just like, it's such a valuable thing to be kind of adjacent mm. to that kind of talent. Yeah, and so, um, so yeah, I mean, I don't know if I like the only film I've made is like an airplane movie. <laughs> like with remember DVDs, I thought I was going to sell so many of them. DV was like DV. Yeah. It's like about like the Piper <laughs> cub. Uh, but like, so, you know, I've got, I've got a couple credits, I've acted in a few little things around here. Nice. I've done some, you know, whatever, but mostly it's just been like su- that supporting role of helping those like very um, experienced, like professional filmmakers, I guess I would call it like mm-hmm. helping them in that part of my career for sure. Nice. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting. Who was it? Michael Graff was asking it. He's like, what do you put on your business card? I'm like, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know, like, <clears throat> you know, John and I founded our company, and so yeah, we could you could be co-founder or you know you could be whatever, right? You could be owner. Uh, that doesn't really communicate necessarily what I do or how I want to be seen. And right. you know, at the end of the day, it's like, well, you know, I very much like directing and shooting, and that's a part of what I do. But you know, especially at this age, like throwing director on there i feel like is a bit of a misnomer for people they'll Mm -hmm. read that and be like oh what what movies have i seen are you on netflix and you're like well you know there is a documentary on amazon you can see and promo commercial short films uh you probably never heard of any of that stuff um so to better help that you know like filmmaker kind of covers a lot of it because at the end of the day i wear a lot of hats like john is our uh, I, I don't know, director of production. Yeah, that's what it is. Um, production manager. I don't know. You can call it whatever really you want. Should say, really, the title should just say, like, like lately, a lot of this. You know, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's how I feel for sure. And then, you know, like, there's some producing. There's, some ex- there's a lot of executive producing and sales in it. And then there's some writing. And then there's actually the directing. And then there's a lot of cinematography. Uh, you know, so it's it's really hard to to explain. Filmmaker might cover it, but again, I think it's another misnomer. But I do like like it as like a you know creative problem solver in movie, TV, commercial, promo. You know, like that's that's kind of what I see uh, I, in my mind as like the broadened sense of filmmaker. Um, because if you're just you know out anywhere just making films, you're like yeah yeah I, I just make films. Uh, I'm a gaffer. You know, it's, it's very easy to communicate, right. but when you kind of do a little bit of everything and more importantly, get paid to do a little bit of everything, 
it's harder. But I do like I do like that filmmaker term. So I feel, yeah, I mean, uh, I like it too. I like it too, and I, I think you know th- that that's actually good advice for me. Like right now, you know, I this interesting thing that happened to me like last week and a couple weeks before, like I got a phone call to do a do locations managing uh, for, for that big spot we were talking about. And that's not normally in my wheelhouse, right? Like that's not normally my, um, how it, what I wouldn't put that on the business card, right? right like I wouldn't put right. manager on the yeah. business card. Uh, the producer that called said, Hey, like, would you be able to help us with this? Would you be able to, to do this? And I was like, yeah, like I want to be straight with you though. Like I'm a producer first. Like that's how I identify myself professionally. Mm-hmm. And that's how, like, I want to make sure you're comfortable with me approaching it from that lens. Mm-hmm. And her response was like, yeah, that's awesome. Right? Like you're going to be able to help me think through this stuff with a producer's mindset. You're going to be able to anticipate things differently because you've been on the other side of the, of the table, so to speak. Right. Right. And it worked really well. Like I, obviously it was hard on set to not be like, Oh, uh, but like, <laughs> like, I want to help. right. Like I, did, I was trying, it was like a conscious decision not to like insert myself into things that I would normally be doing if I was the that's line the professional. That's the professional in you. Yeah. Like I was like, okay, like this is her, this is her rodeo and I'm here to support her. And once that mental click went, like we worked together really well and it it all went really well. And I think separately, like, uh, you know, she said, it. I mean, I don't know who, who knows, uh, she said that she really appreciated the work and that, that it was, it went well from her perspective too. Mm -hmm. So, um, so yeah, I mean, filmmaker might be a good way to, to encompass that. Like, you know, I'm standing up a, a production company right now with, with Lynn we've talked about um, and we're talking about that same thing, right? Like what does putting exec producer on, mm-hmm. uh, that's like, that was my like job title for a long time. And at BVK, like they, I was a director of production for a while, like um, exec producer felt like more of what I was doing there, but there's all these pol- internal agency politics and things mm-hmm. like you know, does exec producer really cover what we're, what I'm doing? Right. You know, I don't know. Like, I don't know. Like, does that mean separately? Like, I can't tell you how many like, uh, internal conflicts happened at BVK because people didn't understand mm. what my skill set was like as a producer or as an, coming as an exec producer. Like I literally, I'm still getting phone calls from, from, uh, people that work there saying, like, Hey, could you be, uh, could you come shoot this for us? And I'm like, oh, maybe, like, what do you need? And then they'll send me a sample. And I'm like, no, you need a DP for that. Like, you need a real, you need like a person who really knows, right? Yeah. And so, does putting exec producer on your business card actually well, mean anything to anybody? Like, right, I don't know. Right, right, right. I right. think it's, I think it's probably, again, to, I'm, and I'm always looking for analogies because I think a lot of people don't know, they don't know this industry, but, it, it's just true that people don't know industries that they're not a part of. So like, mm-hmm. I'm sure there's a lot of things that would be like in the building trades that I don't know. Right. You know, for sure. Some like carpenter and I'd be like, Oh, could you do this? And they'd be like, that's not, I don't do that. We yeah. need like, that's a cobbler. Like, you need a cobbler. Like, I don't, get, I don't know what you're, so <laughs> that's, that's called an electrician. Yeah. <laughs> the problem, I do the wood part. <laughs> the problem comes from, uh, then places that 
I think like have very small crews or like, you know, just a micro, you know, it's like, because one of my first jobs I applied for after college was video producer mm. for a little cable station in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. And I read the description as I was reading the thing and it was like, meet with the uh, sales team, okay, uh, take their, their brief from their client meetings, um, write the script, uh, you know, then schedule and, and coordinate with the client on a shoot date, go out there, uh, film using the cameras and the lights that we have, come back, do the uh, edit and uh, present that to the, you know, to your manager. <laughs> I was like, oh, so, so everything, just the whole, <laughs> all, all the things. like, yeah. not, that's, I wouldn't call it what you called it, but okay, mm -hmm. you know, and so, like, I think that's where people just don't know, and then I think the other paradigm that we're always having to, like, fight against is that everybody, like, has, a video camera mm -hmm. and a screen in their pocket. And so at the lower levels when people are like, could you do a video? And then you like start talking about anything advanced. And they're just like, wait, I thought like I have a nephew that does this. Oh man. Uh, yeah. Don't trigger yeah. me. I'm going to flip a table. <laughs> <laughs> no. So yeah, there, there's a lot of misunderstanding. So like a lot of our, a lot of our job comes down to like educating people, which can right. get, which can get exhausting. You're like, okay, well, let me teach you a little bit about the roles in production. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, and so, so here's the thing I, I would say, you know, one thing you highlighted on is, uh, everyone's like, I get the privilege to like teach a class, uh, like a guest lecture at UWM and, uh, it's not film kids, but it's people who have to make a video and we talk a lot about whatever, all these roles. I mean, I think the biggest advice I always give to them is your success, especially with how, how we were talking about the 5D years earlier, right? Like mm -hmm, the democratization yeah. of this stuff means that the more you, more holes you can fill in a given production, the more successful you will be, right? So, you know, would it be maybe location managing 10 years ago, a producer would do it maybe. Right. Like, but like, you know, right. these specialized roles, right. And you just need to know, you need to have the self-awareness to know like when to be like, you know, actually like I'm not the best choice to shoot this for you unless yeah. you want to like make a go of it. Right. So I think the, the advice I always give them is just like, you know, be flexible and like sponge it, sponge, sponge it up. Like, like, try to like. That sounds like a thing to, humans say. <laughs> yeah, with the humans that have jars of faces. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, and then the other thing that occurred to me when when you were talking was, you know, the one benefit of saying like I'm an exec producer is it's clear that you are the boss in that moment, and therefore in the commercial industry in particular. Um, <laughs> sorry, see the hashtag. You're in watching the, chat. the, yeah, watching the chat. Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't resist. Um, <laughs> the, the, the idea, like maybe there is value to saying like on the business card, like I'm an executive producer because someone in another industry is going to see that title and go, okay, 
I have a problem with you. Mm. <laughs> who do I hate? Who do I, who solves this problem? Like you're very clearly the person who solved the problem, mm-hmm. right? Like, so I don't know. Yeah. It's interesting. I don't know if titles Matt. I mean, certainly they help on, on set, right? Like the order yeah. of operation, mm-hmm. who does what, but like, it's hard to like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I always joked that, uh, that produ- when I would introduce myself as an executive producer, that it was like just the crappiest way. Like, it sounds like you're trying to pick up a girl at a bar or whatever, right? Like, it's like, hey, yeah, I'm an exec producer. What are you, what are you doing? Uh, what are you drinking? You know, like, that's like hard not to feel a little sleazy, right? But is there, is there something with like creatives that just just get sort of jaded about these things? Is it because Maybe. we're not like business? Like, because I have always felt like that whole, like, on one hand, the titles, I feel that, where you're like, I'm a creative director. You know, like, I don't want to say that. But then it's also just as bad to be like, I don't really believe in titles. I refer to myself as the arsonist. And people yeah. are like, you know, like, you know, like <laughs> yeah. just, I'm going to make a business card afraid. for you that is the arsonist. I love that. So much. Actually, I'm that <laughs> There's a DPA I work with that his his DBA is his LLC is arsonist, and I was like, that's cool, but also like, is that though? Like, he's really good. Uh, his name's Justin, and he's he's really I I love working with him. But I was like, arsonist, like, eh. <laughs> like, are you gonna set this thing on fire in a good way or a bad bad way? Anyway, this is sorry, great. By the way, we might have. Uh, I, I love finishing random tangent and thoughts, but somebody, Nick Moore, just said, is is being an EP similar to being a pilot? And this could be a joke to get us back to the pilot discussion, pilot and YouTuber discussion. Um, well, Nick Moore, Nick Moore is, uh, he's a, a supporter of my channel. Nice. And he's a pilot. And he's also a, a fairly prolific aviation photographer. So, uh, He's probably watching this going like enough with the production talk. Yeah, let's give talk me, about that. Give me the pile. Yeah. Yeah. So let's, let's do that. I'm in. Um, and Nick, I don't know when you joined up uh, EP in production executive producer, but I apologize if you already know that. Thank you. Uh, we only have a limited amount of time on this planet. So let's get to the pilot and YouTuber. Um, <laughs> that's, that was surprising to me. You know, I just thought when I saw pilot, I was like, Oh, drone pilot. Uh, but like, I mean, I know, do that too. Yeah, yeah, but but in addition, like I don't actually, I didn't get deep enough into your content to see if you are uh, a, a big plane pilot. I don't know what the how, what you would call it, um, a real pilot. But uh, <laughs> he just has pilot toys or just plane That's, toys. Yeah. But this is, you know, my, this is my mom. Uh, may she rest in peace. She got me this, and my stepdad got me this. This is the plane I used to own. Be a co-owner seven Mike Alpha. So it's like a oh, model. Nice. It's even got like it's so crazy. you're a real you're a real pilot you're a legit pilot, like a real pilot. Yeah, yeah. yeah so let's let's jump into that what uh, how did you become a pilot I, I you know I know it, it can be expensive too and I don't necess- I don't I never say pilot I say drone pilot to make that clarification but you, yeah. you are a real pilot and you talk about it you're you YouTube it you're a YouTuber yeah I mean so so uh, <coughs> excuse me um. I don't, I don't have my, my log book in front of me right now, uh, but 
I um, uh, Ryan, this is the FAA. We need to see your logbook. Yeah, the last time you flew. (laughs) Uh, Well, the last time I flew was a year ago. Thanks, thanks, COVID. Uh, Um, Very sad. But uh, the let's get the date. Um, Basically, you know, after like I spent my whole childhood looking up at airplanes and when they'd fly over, uh, you know, in Wisconsin, we have the EAA museum up in, in Oshkosh and my dad would take me there. And my, my mom and dad were really supportive of like the idea of me being into airplanes, but we didn't have the kind of money or, or didn't think we had the kind of money to like participate in it. Mm, and so then like went to college and we did the college thing. And um, then uh, did the, there was a, th- a thing uh, Ford motor company did a program called the Fiesta movement. So I was one of the people that they gave a, a free Ford Fiesta to for six months. And I drove around the country in this car trying to do like experiential marketing and making content for them. And I didn't have an audience like everyone else, but I did ha- live in Milwaukee and they wanted two cars in Milwaukee geographically. So, yeah, so they nice. picked me. <laughs> um, and as part of that, I flew, uh, I drove, I drove the car, this Ford Fiesta all the way to LA and flew like air combat maneuvers, like basic fighter maneuvers where like you like, you're like wrenching on the stick and uh, you've got a, you know, the guy next to me that's teaching me how to do it as an F-18 squadron commander. And he's like, no, don't puke in my plane. I puked all over the plane. Oh my um, gosh. <laughs> yeah, super. Uh, there's a video of it online. Uh, and that experience basically just like rekindled the interest and love of aviation in me. There's this thing that, um, uh, that astronauts talk about, uh, and I can't, I should probably like, know if I'm going to tell this story, I should know it. I think it's called (laughs) overlook effect. I think it's the overlook effect, right? Where they, they see something from above, they see the entire planet and it changes their perspective on politics and, Mm world peace and all these things. Right. And I feel like when I fly, there's like a miniature version of that. Right. Like I just feel free from it. I feel like it's a way for me to de-stress and, um, and it's, there's also just like a incredible feeling of privilege. So anyway, did this thing, this air combat thing, puked over the plane and then just decided in a roundabout way that I needed to like get my pilot's license. So I wouldn't got my pilot's license. It is expensive. Uh, I am not wealthy by any stretch of the means, uh, or stretch of the word. I don't know. Um, by any means, by any, or by any stretch by of any imagination. <laughs> yeah. I combined two, didn't I? Yeah. Um, it makes so, it stronger. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Voltron, I Voltron that. <laughs> so, uh, got my pilot's license, you know, couldn't figure out how to afford it. And then found that you can like join clubs, right. Where there's like, you know, the plane, I am a co-owner and now there's 14 of us. We share the expenses. It's less money when I am flying. Uh, it's less money than my cell bill a month to like, to fly this plane. So got really passionate about it. It really changed things for me. Uh, introduced me to a lot of me. I mean, some of my best friends now are aviators and it's, I've got friends all over the globe that I've met from it and decided I wanted to start sharing it. And so I started this YouTube channel called Super Arrow. Um, there's even swag. Look, there's like, I've got like patches. Um, I can pick one up here. Like Super A-E-R-O. Uh, I don't know if it's going to focus or not. But um, basically, like, 
it's a real thing that I do because I want to share it with people. And also it helps me like not to get back on like the marketing side of things, but um, I would be in meetings, right? Talking about how people need to be content creators and how brands need to create content themselves. They need to be their own stewards of their own content because that content is real and organic and, and meaningful. Like we're talking about at the front of, mm-hmm. of, the, of the show. And there's, you know, I, I feel really strongly about like, you got to actually do what you are talking about. So kind of putting my, you know, money where my mouth is, right? Like I'm going to, I'm going to make this, this piece of content. I'm going to live this kind of realistically make this content. And now, I mean, it's a small channel as far as like influencers go. It's a little over 3000 subscribers, but because it's like the niche within a niche, um, I, you know, I've, like we talked earlier, like I had, the the U.S. Air Force Thunderbirds felt comfortable enough, like giving one of their pilots to me for an hour to talk to. Or mm-hmm. uh, there's a video on my channel where at the big air show in Oshkosh, uh, the Air Force also trusted me to go shoot content with the new stealth fighters. Like, yeah, like literally, yeah, like that was awesome. There's like a rope on the ground with a sign, and it's like if you cross this <laughs> rope, we shoot you. Like, yeah. like, and I and I joked with there's like you know an army or a Air Force like security guy, right? rifle helmet the whole thing and i was like oh yeah like that's like you're gonna shoot me he's like i mean i wouldn't shoot you from this angle because i would i would hit the plane and i was like oh you're you're serious like he's like yeah man that's like national security right there so that like that thing that's doing that like the man with the camera thing happens right where you start to get these opportunities um and I'm just in- incredibly grateful for what it's given me. It's a fun thing for me to do. Uh, and it also gives a little bit of purpose to the flying. Right. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I don't know. That's like, I could go on forever. The show, the show that I do it right now from the basement, from this seat with the weird background and everything is a live show just like this, where uh, for about an hour, every Wednesday night, just kind of like nerd out with other pilots. Um, doing that to just fill the fill the gap right now but hoping to get in the air again and start making more like vlogs and stuff like that so mm-hmm. it's kind of cool that you know there's a opportunities out there to just basically just dive into what you're interested in mm-hmm. share that and if you I, I think it's about energy if you have the energy to do it there are other people who are interested who don't have the energy and we're like, that's cool. I'll watch that guy do that. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, and there's like Gary, uh, I never, I can never decide how I feel about him. Gary Vaynerchuk, right? Like he's like, yeah. you want to talk about content marketing, social media marketing, whatever, like, so I don't know, like, uh, we didn't even, we, we were supposed to talk about Super Bowl commercials today. We haven't done that at all. Yeah. Like, I think actually VaynerMedia, his his advertising agency, like, they made some of the, like, worst <laughs> Super Bowl commercials, right? But, like, they they clearly know what they're talking about in terms of content marketing. And he has this thing he says about, you know, like, what an amazing time to be alive right now because... With access to the internet, there is no more gatekeeping, right? It used to be, if you wanted to make a show about airplanes, you needed to like either make a massive financial investment yourself or pitch a show to a network or right. a discovery channel or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that was the only way to get it done. Um, technology is getting to the point now where any of us who have a position, maybe this is dangerous too. We're finding it might be 
a little dangerous right now. Like anyone can just put what they feel or passion about out into the ether and create, you know, there's the other thing it does is it allows you to refine your craft, right? Like without like, I, you know, I can do this. I can make stuff I'm learning about, you know, I joked before about not being a DP. Well, it's like, well, like I'm shooting stuff for my show. I'm learning a lot about, you know, using ND filters correctly and, and light, like lighting, right? Like that's something normally I would have said like, Oh, hello friend that I paid to do that. Like, Good job. Now I have, I can do it myself and I can learn. So do you also Gary's pay whole, all your friends to be friends like me? Yeah. Yeah, basically. <laughs> right. But like, you know, I think that's how cool is that? Right. Like, yeah. you know, the show for me, the YouTube show for me, it, there is a little bit of money in it now. Like it's big enough now where there's a little bit of money. It's covering my, I'm not losing money on making it. Um, like how cool is that? Yeah. Right? Like how cool is it that I can like, you know, from literally my basement, especially in the context of what we were talking about before, right? When we're talking about like 40 person, 50 person uh, TV commercial shoots or, you know, Wyoming tourism commercials with helicopters and, and giant cineflexes and, and, you know, shot over rigs and stuff. Like, how cool is that that I can do this down here and still like be... I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. Like it, it just feels like an incredible privilege. The time we're in right now where when we were all in film school to go full circle, mm-hmm. like, you know, for instance, we talk about the drone thing, you know, I like we're shooting drones on this spot last week and the, you know, someone was like, Oh, like what a cool shot. And I was like, yeah, like think about it. Like 10 years ago, that shot would have been a real, like a full size helicopter or like a 50 foot jib arm. Yeah. And that would have cost, even with the jib arm, like just setting up the jib arm and moving it and using it and like all the crew, like that would have been like half a day to get that shot. Mm-hmm. We just like popped a Mavic in the air and like, boo, got it done. So I don't know. It's yeah. a cool time. It's an exciting time. Um, and exciting to be able to give your passion a voice as well. Yeah. Well, and you talked about, you know, uh, COVID changed things with technology and the way we can do things right. and we should keep the best of that. Same thing with, you know, 2008, like people didn't have to have mortgage their home to get a camera to shoot a national spot mm-hmm. on, you know, we could do it on these right. DSLRs that were being used as throwaway cameras on TV. Um, so right. I, I love that <clears throat> we kind of came up through that, uh, cause we were working on, uh, I guess it was still some video technology, but just bigger right. cameras. Um, and then that hit and we were able to purchase that as a company and then even through COVID, like our live streaming setup is just, it, it's been pretty robust yeah. before, but now it's very dialed in and all of that stuff. Like I love these jumps and these leaps. And if you can um, grind it out, if you can survive, you're going to be so much stronger, you know, after each of these events than those who are like, uh, HD, we, we don't have an infrastructure for HD. We can only do SD. Like when we started, people were like, now new HD. And we're like, we don't really care. We're doing it with, you know, HD and the best whatever. But like those aren't marketing things that are relevant. And I think there's a ubiquitousness to it. So like when we have a shoot, be like, yeah. And if anybody wants to join remotely, we can set that up, uh, you know, and then that's not like a novel thing anymore. That's just kind of a part of how we do production. Yeah, well, and separately, thank you for the shout out down there. I appreciate oh, yeah, it. Go yeah. subscribe. Go subscribe. Like, hit me up. Like, like it, share it, subscribe it, whatever. Um, yeah, hit the hit the bell. 
yeah to hit the dingle dangle um so <laughs> that's basement talk uh, yeah <laughs> um that's for the after show no i yeah. i think i think though what's interesting about it right like and this is something that this is part of the reason why uh lynn and i are starting this company together uh we felt like there were opportunities within this world, right, of production to be the the guiding voice, similar to what you're talking about, right, where there is so much entrenchment in the old way of doing things, right? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. if we can come in with the experience in the massive you know, high-end production world, and it, but then separately experience in the documentary world. Like, for instance, Lynn, uh, you want to feel inadequate as a as an alum. Like, she went on to uh, go work for Jimmy Fallon for a while, and then go to the BBC and like. Uh, I'm like, sure I've to, I've read about her in the um, uh, letters in letters in sciences update right. or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. That, that sounds yeah, like familiar. She's like, she's like the real deal, right? Like yeah. she, like I was like, I went made TV commercials and she's like, Oh, I want to go in with Jimmy Fallon and the BBC. Like, um, yeah. you could take like all that experience and combine it and then provide like, you know, not to like, I don't want to like denigrate, you know, the big ad agencies like where I worked, but there were a lot of times where we'd be sitting as producers Again, you know, that joke about the titles we've been talking about mm -hmm. where we're like, well, hey, like we are mounting this mat, this thing that we are about to do hundreds of thousands of dollars. It's huge. There's all like all this effort going into like 30 seconds. Mm -hmm. What else could we be doing right now? Right. Like, have you talked to the guys at the social team or whatever for this client to like, do they want to like shoot some stuff well we got all the all the crap's gonna be there <laughs> right yeah. like like so how do we maximize yeah. it? how do we add value like you know think about like what performs well on these platforms a lot of it is like behind the scenes stuff right like yeah. so i don't know like not again soapboxing a little bit but i think i think that like and it, again we talked about vertical video as an example it's so hard for me to wrap my head around it like i <laughs> i like visually when I look at it, I'm like, Ugh. Mm -hmm. because of all the training that we had as film school people, as mm -hmm. filmmakers, right? We're, we're 16 by nine. We're wider, we're wider, we're wider. Like I, it's hard, but like, if you can push through it and think about it intelligently a little bit in terms of like, well, but like, let's go, let's talk about like my niece is 13, I think. Oh, sorry, bad uncle, you know, like this is her world, right? Mm -hmm. So if I want to talk to her as a marketer, do I want to make her do this? You know, like I want to turn it like, no, I want to talk to her where fish where the fish are. Right. So I don't know. Like, it's just as yeah. much as like all that, all that, like, you know, like watching like art films and stuff will get you to the point where you're like, I got to, it's got to all be this. But at a certain point, like we also need to get past that and like actually like make something. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. Yeah. No, this is I mean, this is a good transition too. as we as we wrap up. Um, I would still love because it's it's so, you know, obviously it's timely, right? The Super Bowl, uh, as you mentioned before. And yeah, we didn't. Yeah, we haven't talked about that. I yet. gave you the prompt about that. Um, 
And, you know, what I would like us to do is maybe just share our favorite. And I probably have all of them up here. We could just take a look, maybe not watch them all, but I'd love to think about that because I feel like it goes on our discussion as well as being topical because we're talking about people who have, you know, not unlimited money, but they can say, I want a helicopter shot. And like, why not a drone shot? Well, we have the money. Let's do a helicopter shot. Or I want these actors and, you know, spend millions and millions of dollars, which is orders of magnitude, you know, and order of magnitude greater than anything um, I've worked on. And even, you know, I'm curious too, with like the big things you've worked on, like there's always really defining that budget. Some of these seems like uh, they, I don't know, budget wasn't a concern. And so creativity goes out the door because I feel like those restrictions, budget restrictions, mm-hmm. location restrictions, content platform restrictions, make us make better ads and, and do better work and work harder. Um, so yeah, I'd love to, I'd love to hear your favorites, you know, maybe, maybe one, maybe one or two, if you have one. Yeah. I mean, uh, well, first of all, I'll say, you know, one of the things that's always interesting is in, in our world, I think a lot of people assume that the best producers are the ones that are trusted with the largest budgets. Mm -hmm. And I think that there's obviously a lot of responsibility with a very large budget. Uh, the hardest things for me to produce in my career have been the things with the smallest budgets. Mm-hmm. Because the idea doesn't go away, right? Like the good idea, if the creative's good, like you still got to try to execute against that. And so, um, you know, to that point, uh, and I'm trying to find it in this list here. Uh, let me find, there was one for like, there was an ad for like an alternative milk company. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Oh, milk. Oh, yeah. And so here's the thing. Like, I don't even know if it's a good spot. Obviously, the the (laughs) song was kind of the song was catchy, right? Like the song was people were singing it, whatever. The reason why I liked it is because it wasn't a million. It better not have been a million dollars. You know what I mean? Like they were just like, oh, like we're going to put the money into the buy. And then we're going to just like do this, like kind of like simple idea. Um, and that, it, for me personally, like, also is kind of in opposition. So I'm scrolling through to see if I can, I mean, it's yeah. oatmeal, you guys. But I think like, I, I have it. was it. in opposition yeah, to what I traditionally up. liked. Like, I traditionally, you know, yeah, an ad to Oatly. Tony Peterson, the CEO, like, sings this, like, he didn't, he didn't have that good at singing, right? No. Like, it's like, I don't know. The whole thing I felt was a little brilliant because it was like, it was just like the opposite of the, of what we have come to expect as Super Bowl ads. Like it's yeah. not, I mean, it's well shot like for what it is, but like, yeah, well, and it's funny. I love that you bring this up too. Um, it's probably not my winner, but it's memorable. So that's yeah, always yeah, yeah. the tough thing. Like it's memorable. I remembered the brand, uh, and remembered that it was the CEO. I hated the commercial, but it was so yeah, effective. I don't, pretty, I don't think it's really good. But it I was think it so worked. effective. Right, right. And so that's, you know, that's one metric for an amazing commercial. So, yeah. Yeah, and he's like, sing, his singing is like abhorrent. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Great. Like, it's milk. It's milk. Like, I don't know. I, when I watched, I was, because I, to prepare, like, I didn't watch the Super Bowl this year. I'm not like a big sports ball guy, but typically what I do is afterwards because I'm <laughs> nice. I'm 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 
passionate about our our craft, right? Is I'll go through and watch mm-hmm. all the ads, an ad age or whatever, right? And like, uh, there's some, and I'm sure we'll talk about them. There's some brilliant, brilliant spots, but that one when I saw it, I was like, oh, that's like the best one, like value for dollar. Oh that yeah, they absolutely. Won, they won. Like yeah, that's a really good point from a filmmaking perspective at all but yeah. it's like for what they paid and what they got out of it like i felt like that was the win that was the big win of the night yeah yeah nice um john what was your favorite oh i think i have it down here yeah well also I mean, uh shameless plug for our other comment that's out there now um maybe i can post this down here yeah there it is i'll post it in the chat if it works um in the uh in that category though that you're mentioning and i didn't i missed a bunch of the game and i went back through and i watched stuff later um in that category there was i i like the old milk one for the same reason but there's also apparently i missed it uh like a five second ad from reddit uh and I thought that was really cool too. You know, same sort of, same sort of thing. You know, just like, let's grab this thing that we're gonna be able to catch everyone with. You know, it's short, so I'm, I imagine it costs way less because of the runtime. Um, just coming up with a good, good idea. Well, and you now, couldn't, you couldn't read it, and you had to be like, what was that? And so yeah. then you got to go read on the news agency. Like we screen capped what it was. So again. Right not like a cinematic enjoyable thing but yeah. super smart yeah and there's something to that as well and i actually feel like this is probably one of the biggest challenges of super bowl commercials every year is also trying to anticipate what everyone else is going to do and knowing sure. that your ad has to fit in that space and that sometimes you could have something that's incredible that will get lost because it sounds and looks the same as everything else. Whereas if you could correctly guess at what thing would be unique and stand out and make everybody go like, oh, wait, what's going on now? Right. Um, that's a win. Now, sure. this one, I think part of the reason I like this one so much is because of the expectation that you would have with Will Ferrell and a big budget ad. <laughs> Will Ferrell misses sometimes because you know what he's going to do. Um, right. And so if it's not perfectly executed, it's not good. I love this. Like, yeah. And the timing was great. His comedy was good. He failed in Anchorman 2 and some of his other movies. You know, but like this was like, Perfect, classic Will Ferrell, you know, the comedy was great, kept me engaged the whole time. And then the punchline of this ad is so funny. Just the, like, kind of put the fourth wall break a little bit in this in the poking fun at, like, Americans. You know, we don't know our geography. We don't know where, where Norway <laughs> is. Um, that archery scene, by the way, is was just super i mean classic right like yeah. classic will ferrell like playing into that a little bit like yeah and yeah his timing with the uh, different things too you know like um like well what can i tell my kids 
first. He's like, no, no time. Let's go, you know, and just. Yeah, and he's yeah, just like, okay. <laughs> yeah. His, yeah, I mean. His problem, yeah. like, oh, he's going to, like, yell at them. He's like, oh, this is this is lovely. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like the enjoyable stuff that we like and are used to. You know, it's not groundbreaking, but it's just, it's very, very well done. And if you do end up reading this article, I go on some rants about the ads that failed. And the quick summary is that I like this ad because it didn't talk about anything else. It was right. about EVs. In these trying came. times. It was like, stop right. it. Now more than ever. Yeah. Nobody needs to hear anymore. None yeah. of us need to be told how we should be feeling right now. <laughs> right. Yeah, let, mean, me, the one, let the me feel stuff. Let me great. The other great thing about this is I don't. If you saw today, like some university in Norway, like made a, a tongue-in-cheek like rebuttal. Oh, and it was basically nice. just, basically like it, it was just it was basically like America sucks. Norway is great. <laughs> like it was like definitely like this kind of like casual like oh sorry yeah. Will Ferrell like. Well, um, what, what was that? We saw that with. Um... Uh, my wife, um, um, Kazakhstan. yes, yes. Kazakhstan, like, uh, this past year. So, um, what's that stupid what, movie? Borat? Yeah. Borat two came out. Uh, I, and I know the first time Kazakhstan was kind of pissed about being the country that they were talked talking about sure. this time though, literally the director or the market, uh, director of marketing for the tourism board in Kazakhstan, um, is it actually Kazakhstan or the place that it's based off of? Either way. I think, I think uh, it is. Okay. Well, we're, we're terrible Americans. Um, yeah, that's right. But anyway, the, the director of tourism or the, the marketing director for tourism, like, leaned into it and, like, used lines on posters to promote tourism in Kazakhstan. And, you know, it exploded because yeah, somebody's like making Kazakhstan. fun of you, you, own, you, you know, as long as it's not harmful. You own it. And that's even better than, you know, like the joke. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, this is a post. You can see the link down below. Shameless plug. Um, what was yours, Ryan? Real quick. What was your favorite? Yeah, so mine was this Toyota ad. Um, yeah, that was, I was going to say, that was like the most impressively done and one for me. As I'm older, like, I'm just more sentimental maybe too. And this is just like, it's like pro-adoption and family and a beautiful story. And then the style is like amazing. Yeah. Like it's beautifully lit, beautifully shot. The special effects and visual effects. I can't tell where one starts and one stops. You know, like yeah. it's, it's okay. seamless to me. Like, uh, you know, you can kind of tell there. But this, right? So cool. And when she pulls up to the kitchen table. Um, so just such a well done story. Hit my heart. Uh, and then visually so stunning. Um, and it's freaking Toyota. So that's my biggest criticism of this ad. Like they have a positive message at the end. It doesn't really have anything to do with Toyota, except maybe Toyota wants yeah. to put positive messages out into the world, which I'm very okay with. Um, but that's just maybe my, my marketing brain. It's like, okay, well it's not yeah, till I mean, the end that you show me the logo that I understand what's going on, but right. I do like and it. It's one of those, it's one of those things where, um, you know, one of the most successful ads of all time was the old Budweiser ad with the frogs because the punchline of the ad was the name of the product. Yeah, right. So, yeah, you you could 
your takeaway here could be, oh, there's this great ad about the athlete who had, you know, had amputated legs and she was adopted and it was really cool. I don't remember who made it, but it was really cool. You right. know, like that would be my fear. Yep. I mean, I, I feel like they definitely get it. They get the, you know, the way that they inserted themselves into it was really elegant, right? Like this scene right here, boom, Toyota, right? It's like, true. Yeah. Like, and I think separately, like, because it is, you couldn't, because they did it so perfectly because the production is so seamless. It's like this idea, the concept of having the like water, you know, everywhere and the way that they pulled it off. I think I would argue that, you know, I joked about oat milk or whatever, like there's a similar thing, right? Like people noticed that one, like that legitimately made me cry. Mm. I guess ads make me cry now, right? Like that. <laughs> we're getting older. So, yeah. So like, I feel like even though maybe traditionally it's not as effective, like if I, like, I watched that whole one, right? Like as I was going through, I mean, obviously I have the, I have the benefit of being able to turn off the ads as I review them after the, the big game, after the superb owl. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot of them that are just not even good enough to watch the yeah. whole thing. Right. And that one kept me engaged. So I would argue that potentially they have more benefit there just because it's yeah. such a good spot. Right. Like, yeah, I don't know. I, mostly would love to see the behind the scenes on that. I hope that they like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. Have a well, bunch of like, ancillary consume so much. Yeah. There's one, yeah. there's one that was done and I know it's like hard to pull this off every single time, but speaking of car ads that are, you know, telling stories and done well, it wasn't part of the Super Bowl, but it was one where it was a story driven piece about like a young, young parents with like their kids and, you know, all the waking up at night and taking care of the baby and stuff. And then there's a scene where uh, I forget which parent is driving in the car and then they're like starting to fall asleep. Mm. And oh, I remember that they one. They start yeah. drifting and then the car like pulls them back over and like a big truck goes by and that one like grips the heartstrings, tells a beautiful story and is topical to the right right to the car the you know, lane so assist or whatever yeah yeah so i thought that one was like really well done now i know it's hard to do that every single time but like i think that would that would impress me more you know if, if yeah. the ad is like how do you make it you know about yeah. your product they're like jessica they're long like, drives a toyota <laughs> yeah and, <laughs> yeah awesome well we are at 150 and we could continue this. I feel like, again, we've just barely scratched yeah, the surface, unfortunately. Let's, just, <laughs> let's skip our meetings and this is great. Let's do yeah. this instead. Now, speaking of meetings, uh, I just pushed one back, but I have to get to that. So thank you so much, Ryan, for coming on yeah. and just freaking hanging out. Like, yeah, we got to do it, this I mean, in like good. another month or two. <laughs> yeah. I, well, I mean, obviously we'd love to catch up with you guys when, uh, when it's safe to do so mm -hmm. and appreciate you taking the time to have me on today and talk about <laughs> wax poetic about all my big ideas everything, about everything. Yeah. About, yeah. Everything. Yeah. Sorry. Um, no, that's awesome. It's perfect. Yeah, I don't know. Thank you, thank you so much. And, and it's simply just super cool to see. It's super cool to see what you guys are doing. Uh, 
and the way that you have succeeded and the way that you have built what you've built, uh, you know, I feel like I remember watching you like start however many years ago, mm-hmm. right? That like backflip was, and I was like, oh, good luck. Like yeah. we're, we're too young. <laughs> good luck, right? suckers. Like, I was like, that's cool. No, but like not to be like a, a jerk yeah. about it, but like, you know, it's just like, oh, like we don't know anything yet. Yeah. And, but yeah. like, there's the learning and the doing and the way that you guys have built the company and the work that you're doing is really good. So I'm separately just, that's really cool. But long story short, thanks for, thanks for having me on. Thanks man. Absolutely. Yeah. And I do want to promote. So youtube.com slash super arrow as well. I mean, I guess what, uh, is there anything else you want to promote right now? No, I mean, uh, if you need a, you need a freelance producer, or a production company in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, call me. Nice. Uh, you know, or call you guys and maybe you guys can call me. Move well, and collaborate. Yeah. That would be amazing. Um, and you're, do you have a website right now? Or does it, I'm trying to think, does it not have a lot on it? I, the, the, yeah, I mean, noth- there's nothing worth okay. looking at. Because yeah. I feel like I've, I've, I've like, your email, I've gone to the, the URL and I was like, dang it. Oh, I can't, Skylab, I can't like, pre- freelance producer thing. Yeah. There's like nothing there. It's like a picture of my wife in a space helmet. That's it. No, the new company, uh, which we're standing up in the next couple of weeks, literally, I'm teasing oh, nice. it a little bit. It's called yeah. Ski Team. So there'll be a, I was going to try to get the website ready for this show and uh, work got in the way. So, but darn, you can Google the yeah. Ski Team or something like that later and you'll, you'll ski, be able to find ski, it. Ski like uh, snow or water ski? Yeah, ski like team? skis. Yeah, the cool. Ski Team. Yeah. Nice. But I don't know how to ski. So, <laughs> well, maybe maybe out. our next episode we'll go skiing. We'll we'll take this mobile. It'll be great. I love it. Let's do it. <laughs> cool. Thanks again. And next week we will have a rerun. So we're gonna do a live production rerun. If you haven't seen that one with Carolyn, you definitely wanna tune in and see that one. Thanks so much for coming on, asking questions. Uh, if you have follow up questions too, please post them below. We can bug Ryan and uh, have him send some replies yeah, if you have more questions. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks everyone for coming and I should probably get our outro up. There we go. Thanks everyone. Bye. Thanks dudes.